Hello, and welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business information. I'm your host, Justin Powell, and today we're going to talk about relationship in the scene, in the story, and why that's so important. I'll explain. So, I don't think it's any surprise that the relationship to your scene partners, to the people in the play, for your character, right, is wildly important. You know, I had a discussion recently with an actor, and we were talking about the idea of character. In fact, I'm sorry, he wasn't uh, even an actor. He was a director and writer. And we were talking about the idea of character and how oftentimes, as actors, we can get very caught up in trying to create this wildly different character from ourselves. In thinking we have to invent someone from scratch. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. Sometimes that might be enjoyable for us, right? We might get some pleasure out of creating this wild backstory, having all of these physical gestures and ticks and d- determining different ways that we might look. I mean, I know I enjoy that. I enjoy having people see me in a role and say, it didn't even look like you. But at the same time, character is really the actions that the character takes and the words they say, right? So I think we could use that as an example to take some pressure off of ourselves. I know right now I'm working on a script and I am at that point where I've done a lot of the work thus far and now I'm kind of just trying to find other things to continue working and I'm recognizing a bit of myself that that is coming from a place of lack as opposed to the joy of creation or of abundance. It's coming from a feeling of like, oh, I need to do all these extra things. Otherwise, I'm not really working hard. And that's the thing with some roles too. Some roles you do have to work harder, right? Some roles, if they are further away from you as a person, you might have to work harder to understand that. Or if it's a career that the character has that's, you know, very primal to the plot. I don't think that's the word I wanted. Primal to the plot is not really it. That is very central to the plot. Then, yeah, you might need to spend more time researching and understanding. But sometimes the character just matches you in a lot of ways. Or their type of anger matches the type of anger you naturally bring to a scene. Or sadness, etc., etc. But something else that I think is important in determining character is understanding the relationships within the scenes. Because who we are changes based on who we're with, right? When I'm alone, I behave differently than when I'm with my best friend in the world or when I'm with my mom or when I'm with my dad or when I'm with someone I'm dating. My way of being is still me. I'm still 
being myself, but in these different relationships, things shift a little bit, right? And that's something I think we need to recognize in our characters. What are their key relationships in the story? And how do we invest in those? How do we make them feel real for ourselves? So one thing I like to do, and this is a technique used by Larry Moss. I feel like I might butcher it. It's one of those techniques where I know how to do it. Can I explain it or teach it as well? I don't know. I guess we'll find out right now. But essentially, Larry Moss, in his book, The Intent to Live, which I highly recommend, says that when you're thinking of a character, it might be helpful to write down a sentence that tries to capture what they mean to this person, to your character, right? So if I was... If I was playing a character, and let's just say I'm talking about my best friend in the scene, we'll call him James, then in my notes I might write down a sentence like, my brilliant, loyal, caring, always there for me, best friend in the entire world, James, who... And after that who, that's when I would filter in some elements of the scene there, the script. So let's just, again, this is all made up. Let's say James is going through a hard time. He just got a divorce. So that who would then be who is going through a divorce and needs someone to cheer him up. Something along those lines. But that paints a much more specific picture of James for me to play with the first time I run through the scene, the first time I rehearse, right? And then, of course, things can change. We always have to remember, no matter what we put on the other character, when we show up to set and we're actually working with the other actor, we want to let them change us. You know, we don't want to hold on so rigid to our preconceived notion of how the scene should go or how the relationship should be between characters. That's actually why I know some actors like to have discussions when they are playing a romantic pairing or a married couple. They like to have discussions about their history, their shared history. Like, oh, what was the time we met? What was our first date? And I I can see why people would like that. To me, I always prefer to be a bit more surprised in the moment. And not that, I mean, I, I think that's a poor example of the things to be discussed, right? First off, I think that stuff is kind of, unless it comes up in the scene, I think that stuff is very, can can weigh down an actor. That's kind of how I feel about a lot of backstory in general. And again, this is just my opinion. If you love backstory and if it fills you up as the character, that's great and keep doing it. In my opinion, when you are weighing yourself, when you are, I'm about to phrase it very negatively, so I'm going to pause and <laughs> reword that. When you are adding all of these extra details that aren't going to come up in the script, that aren't inherently talked about, I think it just kind of weighs us down and starts to 
starts to make us feel like there's a certain way we have to play. It starts putting rules on the character. You know, if I come up with some crazy thing that happened in their backstory, then maybe in the scene, I won't raise my voice in that moment because my character, I decided, had a scary event when he was yelled at as a child, and because of that, he decided he doesn't want to yell at people. And then I'm just putting a little restriction on this character that I don't think needs to be there, and I don't think is helpful. Because I think when we prejudge the character, when we prejudge the moment, it leads to more restrictive acting. You can have ideas of the character, but I think always remaining open to what the moment is giving you is always the key, right? It's a weird thing about acting, because we have to... I believe we have to put in a lot of work beforehand. We have to understand the scene, the story. We have to feel it in our bones. We have to work on the character. But then when you get up there to perform, you have to let all of that go and just trust that it's there. And sometimes it won't always be there. And I think that's the scary thing. It's the scary thing as actors, right? Because we want to be able to have these things that we can hold on to that will let us know we're doing a good job or something, but we can't. It's ironic. In wanting to do a good job, it makes it less likely we will. So it really does become an element of trust, right? I think one way you can work on that, on just trusting and letting go, is, you know, every rehearsal, every time you run the lines, whatever, just give yourself one objective. One objective, So maybe it's, I really want to focus on my scene objective this time around. And that's going to be my main takeaway. And then once you do that, once you play it, then cool, I'm done with that. That objective's done. I trust it's going to be there. And you can keep adding things like that, the physicality of the character, like really focus on that. That's the thing is sometimes you do have to be a bit conscious about it when you're trying to integrate it, right? And then it becomes unconscious. But it's that. It's trusting that you have that going forward instead of falling back on it. But anyway, back to relationships. So we have that sentence we can use, right? Something to connect us a little bit further. Now, I know I just said I'm not crazy about creating these big backstories with another person. But something else we can use is daydreams. You know, what I like to do is I daydream just certain moments in the relationship. Now, an actor's daydream is slightly different, I think, than your standard daydream. Because I think when you normally daydream, you are controlling it a little bit. And, you know, this is just my interpretation. But you're choosing what to daydream about. You kind of controlling the story from above, right? An actor's daydream, in my opinion, and from the technique that I learned, you want to let it be more open, more uncontrollable. So rather than saying, I'm going to daydream the first time we kissed on our first date by the lake, under the stars, and there was that goose flying by. You just go into it thinking, I wonder what it was like the first time we kissed. 
And then you just let your imagination play. Again, it's a method of relaxation. It's a method, too, in just allowing whatever comes up in those moments. You know, maybe it's a long run of that way, or maybe you don't even really get to that answer. But what I find is I start to create these more tangible memories with the other character in that relationship, right? And these become things that I can draw back on. What I like to do is I'll write down maybe like a two or three word essence of the daydream that I can always look back at if I really need to. But for the most part, I I leave it. I think I've only looked back maybe once or twice, and that was when we had a long hiatus in between. But for the most part, I think you can just leave it and trust it's in your bones, right? See how that relationship, how the history of that relationship is in your bones. So we have that. We have daydreams. You have that opening sentence. And that Larry Moss sentence, that is also something that you can shift throughout the play, of course, throughout the script, throughout the scene even. You know, if they drop some huge twist moment, I think of, oh gosh, I don't know if I want to spoil that. Well, think of a show, randomly, that has a scene in which a character is friends with someone, and then in the middle of the scene, the friend reveals information that shows they are not who the person thought they were, right? So if we're going back to that James example, where I don't remember all the words I said, but loyal, you know, caring, all those things. Maybe that becomes more insidious after that. You know, or maybe you even keep some of those words, but when you get to the who aspect of it, you say who has been lying to me for 17 years and who I don't really know. You know, something along those lines but something that can reflect your, you know, where you're at in the relationship with that character. Another thing you can do, and this is something you'd have to do with your scene partner, so it might be a little bit trickier, because you got to make sure they're down with it. You know, I asked a scene partner recently to do it, and I just made sure that when I asked, I phrased it in a way that was, you know, very much respecting their process. Because I think, you know, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but you have to respect everyone's process, right? You don't want to pull a Jared Leto. You want to... Your process is fine as long as you're not interfering with others. So, this is called an etude. I learned this at a theater company I worked at for a while, and... Essentially, you and your scene partner are going to go out into the real world and you're just going to have time together as your characters. So, when I played Tusenbach in Three Sisters, we had an etude where I went out with Colonel Vershinen and Solioni, two other characters in the show. We all went out together and got drinks as our characters, and that was our night. 
And I like etudes because they're kind of this controlled improvisation. Now, sometimes you can ask a question of the improv that you want to learn, you know. For that night, it might have been, how am I when I'm drunk and with the boys in the show? Because if you know Three Sisters, you know that Tuzenbach is madly smitten with a woman in the show, Irina. And when he's with her, he's very simpy is probably not the best word, but maybe the most recognizable. And so I wanted to see, you know, what is it like when he's just hanging with the dudes? And so that's where I focused a bit more on that improv. And again, it wasn't conscious. I wasn't consciously thinking of this. It was just something I noted a bit more. And afterwards, after we were done, I took some notes on it, on what I felt throughout the evening. But that's the idea. You do something with the other actor where you're both in character, and it's just an improv. There's nothing you have to hit on. There's nothing you need to reference from the play you can you don't need to and it's something where you then have this real memory of spending time with that other character right if it's now this can get tricky right if you are doing a romantic scene and the other person is in a relationship or you're in a relationship that can be something that's a bit trickier to navigate just interpersonally right so, of course, always set up those boundaries beforehand. Uh, always ask, like, what are we comfortable with? Is there What I would do in that situation is, is there some way that our characters could show affection that would be respectable to both, you know, let's say in this case, your relationship and my relationship? So maybe that's something where it's just like a holding of the hand, right? And then, of course, that's something where you should communicate with your partners. Communication is always best. But something along those lines. And that gives you a, again, a real memory that you can fall back on. And it's not something you should be thinking about in the scene. It's something that you just have. It's in your bones now. You don't have to worry about it. It's there. You did it. Right? It all comes back to that trust. That trust and that letting go. You know, I had someone reach out to me recently just saying how, and it was so kind. I, I really do. I uh, makes my day when you guys reach out to me and just for anything. But, you know, this person in particular reached out to just thank me for the podcast. And I really, yeah, it's very, very kind, guys uh, and gals. I just so appreciate it. Um, but he reached out. And just said, like, that was that's something he had been having trouble with was, you know, having preconceived ideas of the scene. And I, you know, I preach always to get those preconceived ideas out of here to really just trust the moment. But it's not easy. You know, that's the challenge, I think. Because doing all that extra work, I think that's something we can all do. It's then how much can you let it go and just play, you know, just play like we're kids again. You know, you're a cowboy, I'm a alien, and we just play. 
But that's the tricky part. I think a lot of us, you know, I, I, again, I preach these things. I'm not saying I am the pro at it. I think that's the kind of constant struggle for acting. You know, I listen to a lot of acting interviews, and the greats will still talk about how they, they do that. Still, they come in and they try to control a scene, and then they kind of realize, oh, I shouldn't, I'm not going to do that. That's not going to work. Our ideas are, are almost never better than what can organically arise in the moment if we just play. So, just something to remember, right? Now, in the relationships of our characters through the scenes, we have a couple methods now, right? We have etudes, we have daydreams, we have the Larry Moss sentence, there's got to be a better name for it, but that's what I'm calling it right now, the LMS And something else we can do, of course, is start to use some substitution from our own life, right? If this is a character who, let's just say it's our father in the story, in the script. You know, we can use elements of our own father. If that's a safe place for you to go, of course. But just using some substitution, you know. If you're in a scene where you're being dumped and you're in a relationship that you really care about, then you could just start thinking, like, how would I feel if the person I love told me they want to break up with me? And just start to explore those emotions a little bit. I like to do this all without writing anything down because I trust that it's in my body. If I feel it, then I, I felt it. It's there, right? I don't have to I don't have to try and control or capture the emotion at that point. An emotion's not the point in the scene anyway, right? That might come, it might not, but it's not the point. But that's something else that we can use, some substitution from our real life relationships. If your scene is about having a crush on someone, well, is there someone that you have a crush on that you can think about? And no, I'm not saying, I'm not really a fan of when people, or at least for me, you know, whatever gets you there is really what matters. But I'm not crazy about the idea of looking at my scene partner in the work and trying to put you know, substitute in that moment, trying to like think of my own dad rather than just look at the person in front of me. I think that's all work you do beforehand. And then you, you know, as you're doing that work, so I might, you know, let's let's go back to that breaking up example. If I'm thinking about that and how that would affect me in my own personal life, I'll then just quickly shift the thinking of that other character. So I kind of, I don't know, muddy the waters between those two. And I think as I do so, again, I just trust that that's going to be there in the performance. Something else we can always do with a relationship can always be a little token. Something kind of physical. Not even kind of physical. Something physical <laughs> for the characters. For example, if you're having a scene with your grandfather, maybe you're wearing a watch 
in the scene. And you can just decide to imbue that watch with a story about how your grandfather gave it to you when you turned 18 or something along those lines. But something that attaches them to you. You know, like when I think of my grandfather who passed away uh, years ago now, the first thing that comes to mind, oddly enough, is the the smell of his workshop where he worked on picture frames, kind of mixed with the smell of cigarettes that he smoked. So it's kind of this woody, I don't know, shed-like smell, but mixed with cigarette. And it fills me, I can feel it like kind of filling me with emotion right now, but just filling me with that emotion, that recognition. And so if I was doing the scene, I might have like, I might have a cigarette in my pocket. And it's not much. Does it do a lot? I, I don't really know, but it might be something that I'd have just to clue me in even before I step onto stage or before the director yells action. Just something to ground me a little bit, right? And these are just little things that you can do to enhance the relationship between you and your scene partners. The other thing to consider, I think, is just how close you want to be with the actual person playing opposite you. Not the character, but the the actor, the actress. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I don't mean, I don't want to be close with them like that. But I do find that I've, I've done roles where I've held off on really connecting with the other person outside of the work because I felt like I just wanted to meet them as the character at first. I just wanted that to be our working relationship. And it depends on the story, too. You know, I'm thinking in particular of a story where the character's kind of mysterious, and yet my character falls in love with them despite not really knowing them. It's kind of surreal. And so I thought it's probably better to, you know, I'm going to be friendly. I'll ask them questions. I probably won't get into, like, the deep, heavy stuff I like to get into with people. Not yet, anyway, because I want to try to meet them as the character as much as I can. And as I'm even saying it, that could be coming from a place of lack, for sure. But I found it to be something that heightened the reality of the story for me. That gave more mystery and lure to the character that I could then play with. And you know what? If I found out in my third rehearsal that it wasn't really doing much for me, then I probably would have stopped. And afterwards, I went up to the performer and I talked to them about this process and just said, yeah, hey, by the way, if you ever felt that way, this is why, because I was doing this. And I communicated it uh, earlier on as well, but I think I wasn't maybe as clear, which is on me. I think if you're more clear, that's better. Because you don't want people thinking like, well, I guess they just don't like me at all. That's not great. So those are some tips for how to work on 
relationship in your scene. Remember, relationship is so key, right? The relationship ebbs and flows throughout the story. It can dictate how your character acts. You know, even just thinking, how free does my character feel with this person? Can they be themselves? Do they feel like they have to... Is it their boss? You know, I didn't even get into that, but what about the power dynamics of the relationship? That's something that I think early on actors can have trouble really clicking into. Who has more power in the scene? Who has less power? How do you relate to that power? So these are always good things to think of that can help. One, it can help you ground yourself into the performance. And two, it can just create a more realistic connection between characters on screen or on stage. So thank you for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. I really appreciate everyone that listens. You know, the numbers have been looking great, and I so appreciate that. Uh, It's really cool. It's not something I thought would grow to where it is. I hoped, of course, but it seemed like a very long shot. But it's growing really well. And so much of that is those of you who are listening, who are sharing with people, who are sharing the content on your social medias. uh, You're sending me the kind messages that make my day. Those are great. I mean, they really are. I don't know if I can properly put it into words, how uh, meaningful those are to receive. But it's so kind. It's just so kind. Uh, And if you do want to share the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, I think if you leave a rating and review, it helps the podcast grow. So that would be so appreciated by me. But of course, only if you want to. You know, don't feel any pressure. And if you are enjoying the podcast, you can always head over to Instagram and TikTok at The Acting Notes where I post videos of actors talking about the craft as well as different tips and suggestions that I have that don't always make it to the podcast. And thank you so much for listening. I've already said it once, but I'll say it again. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a good day. Until next time, I'm Justin Powell. Peace.